Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. This is episode 151 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who is with me tonight? Hi, I'm Daniel Kabuko. I'm an art director, and I came out of Fresno, California. I grew up, and uh, I was the art director for Rise of the Argonauts. That's the game that we're going to be talking about today, <laughs> which came out in 2008. Yes, 2008. Made by Liquid Entertainment, which is, hey, thankfully, it's also on PC, which I, I'm always happy when things are on PC because then they're not really lost to time as much as when they're locked in a certain system. Yeah, you'll never find it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually own three copies of this game. <laughs> three copies? Really? <laughs> I mean, I bought them all cheap. I bought, uh, th- bought it for 360 probably in like 2010, 2011 off a of Gamefly sale. And then I went back and rebought it on PS3 because I was like, I want to replay this. And then I bought it on a Steam sale to play it on for the show. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I am a yeah. fan of this game. <laughs> yeah. <wasn't. laughs> that's great to hear, actually. Uh, I never really got the feedback on how the game was received as well. Because shortly after finishing Argonauts, I moved on to the game company. Okay, but yeah, oh, it's good to hear that. No, actually, I had I had I had more fun than I was a little surprised because sometimes when I go back to games, it doesn't always end up well. Robotech Battlecry, for example, but oh, yeah. <laughs> well, two thousand three, and that's different era. But you never know. So I was I was happy that I actually really enjoyed myself <laughs> this game. Was that the game where they morphed the uh, transformations instead of actually transforming the robot? Yeah, Robotech where they can transform into three different things. Yeah, I think on one of them, I forgot which one it was, instead of ha- having the Veritex actually transform between their different modes, it actually morphed them between them. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's not how that works. Yeah, that might be it. I, I can't remember, but I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's also, I, I've also realized, oh, no, Robotech Battlecraft 2002, I also realized a lot of games from 2002 do not hold up as well as I would like anymore. It's hard. It's really hard because the <laughs> graphics were back then what everyone called cutting edge and you know sometimes over time that just fades away so it's easier to be nostalgic over pixel art art yeah well i mean one thing i do want to say about rise of argonauts for those that don't know it is a action rpg i think is the easiest way to put it without but doesn't really have experience in the same aspect which i i like it's a, it's a greek rpg you're playing as jason and the argonauts obviously set in that era and i I always am a big fan of these characters. So like that's one that gravitated me to this game back when I first found out about it. I'm like, I get to play as Jason and I get Hercules. I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> and we tried to put a twist on it too, because everyone knows these Greek myths at the same time. They have a preconceived notion of what it should look like and what it should have been. And so we tried to kind of set things on its ear a little bit and present things in a different way. And I think you guys did a good job with that. Like one of the first characters you meet in the beginning of the game and you start out on Ilocus. I- I think I'm saying it right. Locus, or, yeah. Is it Hercules? And my Hercules is always going to be Kevin Sorbo. Is that that's sure. just the Hercules I remember? But I really like this version of him where he's just this giant hunk of a man with just huge arms. Because it, you know, just like Andre the Giant, but even bigger than that. But it fits Hercules. That's how Hercules should look if you look at the myth. Right. I decided to make something just really, really powerful, you know, and I just made him like over the top <laughs> huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, it works. I mean, I think it's. I think it's a very good adaptation of, of hercules i mean to me it fit and also fits like if I, when i was playing this game even just in the early on i'm like this game is still really beautiful yeah yeah thank you thank you i really appreciate <laughs> that we, we did our best to really try and you know we didn't have a very big team and we did our best to really try and make the graphics as good as we could but we had a lot of rock stars who on the environment art side and on the character side who are 
these guys are now giants in the industry, so it's really great to have worked with them and uh, early in their career. So it's shout out to everybody who, who went through the game. They were amazing on it. Well, it was still a, it's still a very pretty game, and that one thing that I, I picked up on right in the beginning, just the way that like because like when, another thing about this game that I thought was also very interesting is that it has a lot to do with conversation. It actually reminded me a lot of Kotor. So yeah, no, that's one of my I, favorite games to kind of reference to. Okay, because. It just had that it had that feeling because you have all the the dialogue trees where you can you know decide how you say things or what you say. I don't think it mattered a huge point. It felt like, but I like I would always go towards certain gods because I I like Hermes a lot for some reason. So I always kept yeah. going towards Hermes. He's the witty one, the witty responses. I I think that was one thing that was cool about it, though. It wasn't necessarily the rewards you got for doing it, but just the experience you had of doing it. That was sort of part of the the philosophy. Is like you know it should be just as much fun play this in any of these modes and just get different reactions from people and just try different things as opposed to like try to get some in-game reward i could never do aries though because i couldn't be an asshole <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm the same way in mass effect i always say i'm gonna play it renegade and then i i can't i can't be evil in games i just yeah. don't like to do although if you take a different pause with with aries it's just that you're more direct and militaristic with your responses so not that you're mean per se but you're cruel kind so to speak like super honest and always be like very forthright you fix Aries, though. and that, that's the thing is like the gods aren't evil they're just different aspects of humanity cut down into these four categories i, I like the different responses i i usually would go with it would also i would like i would try to choose my responses based on what island i was on because each you have these these different islands that you go to which again maybe take a kotor instead of planets you're going to islands but like one was a hermes island one was athena one was Ares. so i would I would try to pick the answer that would fit who, the people that I was talking to, what god they represented or what god they worshipped. Right, yeah, exactly. That's, that was a thing. Is a, Each island's attunement uh, really was reinforced over and over again. And one thing I like to do in the artwork is to always take the story and theme and reinforce it visually. So we always tried to make each one distinctive, but also reinforce like the, the aspects of the god in there. And also... You, if your responses were were attuned to that, I think you got certain dialogue extras and that, if I remember. Okay. It was always I also, nice like, I like the the whole, like, idea of the beginning of the story, because, like, you know, I think it's, like, early, like, first cutscene or very early on, you see his wife, Jason's wife, get killed by this, these assassins, which I actually skipped the cutscene by accident. But <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I hit the wrong button. They're like, oh, there goes the cutscene. I'm like, oop. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it's, it starts out with tragedy, you know, as as things do in Greek mythology, and we tried to make sure that there was at least some connections being made before you have to establish before you create that tragedy. That's the thing that I think a lot of people get wrong is that they don't establish connection before they kill off a character, and it was really important for us to at least establish a connection that you felt lost because he's going on this great adventure all for her, so you know. Despite the lessons and friendships made along the way, he is doing all of this to resurrect her. So it's a really cool storyline. That she has to be interesting <laughs> for that to happen. And she was. It did remind me a lot of the Odyssey, too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we took a lot of different pieces of Greek mythology and kind of wormed them into it. One thing we were doing was, was hybridizing different ideas on, on a general scale. And, you know, again, twisting things and putting it on its ear. Uh, our Medusa wasn't like a regular Medusa where it's just a woman crawling around trying to freeze you with her eyes. She's actually part of the environment who grew hideous and bloated, you know. But ultimately, she was redeemable if you wanted to. And so that was kind of a, a fun thing for us to try as opposed to doing the Perseus thing of always cutting off her. Which I, I mean, so I, redeemable. I, that was something that's rare. 
I'd completely forgotten about Medusa in this game. I had no recollection of that when I went to Kithara and that whole island. I had no memory of what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and when I finally got, like, I mean, because they mentioned Medusa throughout the plays, you hear them talk about it. You see stone statues and how it's Athena is the is the the god on this island. And like everything with the island, when you get there, every you know, there's there's nobody's really everyone's turned to stone. It's like a ghost island, and then you run into this girl, which I'm assuming is supposed to be Athena. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. how I took it to. I'm like, oh, yeah, it fits she's... the god. It fits what the gods <laughs> would do. Right. And it was just so like I found it super interesting when running around on on Kythera. That might have been that was a planet that I I did enjoy a lot. Planet <laughs> island. Yeah. Did yeah. Enjoy a lot because it was very like you would see all these stone statues. You'd run up to people, and then all of a sudden, you know the the Isle the mercenary Isle the mercenaries that you were fighting from early in the game that are the ones that led the attack on your house that killed your wife. Like you know they're coming out of the stone statues. You have to kill them to rescue these people. I I really enjoyed this island a lot, Kithara. Oh yeah. Kithara was uh, really fun to do because I mean, how many how many islands do you have where you have this thing where you run through it, see all this damage, and get to repair it, you know, and be able to change the course of the curse? And it was just really fun to do as as an evolving state. That's something we very rarely got a chance to do in any game that you make. You know, chance to basically undo uh, something terrible. Usually, it's just terrible, and you move on. <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was a, it was a very interesting island. It was also kind of like very creepy. I felt like I know it's one that you have to bring Pan. If I remember right, Pan has to come with you, which is the satyr. I think is what he is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He was, a, he was a good character. Yes, the only intelligent satyr. The rest of them are all bad. <laughs> which is fine. It's Greek myth. I feel like that kind of fits the Greek myth. But I I, I like how you guys always had some kind of character that was connected to the island. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it added to me, like, it added to me, it's like, going to this, going to Kithar and just running around this abandoned island and fighting and just everything. Like, I got a little stuck at one point because I was trying to figure out, I was missing one of the virtues that I, these people you have to find and unlock a door. And I'm like, where? So I just backtracked. But did the map was nice. Like, I mean, I, it annoyed me that I didn't have a mini map on the screen, but I appreciate what you guys are going for with the, the HUDless, the HUDless gameplay. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of keep it clean. I, I like that. I mean, at first I thought, I'm like, where's, when I was first playing, like, I'm like, where's my health bar? I'm like, do I not get killed on easy? I'm okay with that. And all of a sudden, I watch the screen get red, and I'm like, oh, that's how this works. <laughs> and then I ran yeah. for my life. Yeah, exactly. It, it just try to keep it very clean. We noticed there's something else we were trying to do. I, the whole theme of this game was turning your expectations on its ear. And uh, a lot of times, you get all these stats in RPGs, even action RPGs, and you're constantly looking away from the the combat to try and assess things and, and, and play this RPG game. We didn't want that. We wanted you to be able to build up your character and play the character and enjoy the character had to offer at the state you built them to. So uh, we felt UI was a little bit, you know, just just to try it as an experiment, like move away from a lot of UI stuff on screen. I would have liked the map, but at the same time, it you're, you're, none of the levels are that confusing. I mean, I would check the map often, but it wasn't that confusing. Like, it was pretty straightforward, which was, you know, worked well. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, didn't need to be confusing. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, in games you play where you have a debate as one of the combat elements where you're, you're debating with people it's it's just so funny to be able to do that but it's great to have an actual argument using the dialogue system that was interesting oh yeah because you do have that in kathira kathira when you run into kathira yeah i'm bad at pronouncing names especially greek names it was like you run into somebody which is one of the black tongues which i you have to debate i just hit buttons at that point just pick responses i'm like i didn't even wasn't even paying that much attention i'm like ah you know i'm gonna pick a hermes response that's fine that's totally fine. I mean, the know, game didn't if, care. Yeah, if you had, if you did, I, I think there's a certain reward for doing things a certain way. But in any case, you know, there aren't too many games that offer that kind of action. So it's 
just unique in that respect. He was a bit of a tough mini boss. His name is Phaedon, where like he would turn gold on me when I was trying to hit him, and I couldn't tell if I was hurting him or he was blocking all my attacks. I just get beaten on him anyway, but I wasn't sure. Right. It he yeah, he was a tough boss. It's a, even to design. We were just trying to get things kind of laid out properly. But in any case, the important thing for us was that uh, you visually understood what was happening, and as soon as you got the feedback, you were able to act upon it. So you had to do visual cues all the time. And did good with that. And I mean, I was also happy you had Perseus in here, because I've always been a... F- if I remember right, Perseus is the one that... Is he the one that did the Minotaur? Perseus, he's the he's the one that did the Titans, I believe. He fought the Clash of the Titans. Okay, and Medusa. Yeah, Medusa. God, who was... Now I can't remember who it was. I always... When I was a kid, I was big into Greek myth. I remember I had a like a book all of, a kid's book all about Greek myths and all of them. And I remember reading it over and over and over again. And I can't remember now. Like I remember Perseus. I remember him always being a character I liked. Seeing him in this game, I wanted him to join me. Unfortunately, he didn't. But it, it worked out story wise. But I was a little bummed. I didn't want him to join us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You could choose who you wanted to join you, but the Medusa Redemption arc actually gave you a choice of us to pass. But you know, it, it just depends on how you wanted to build your party. And you can always just not choose him to come with you. So, oh, you can have him come with you. Not as a playable. Okay. But, but as a as a redemption. But the yeah, the, each of the we kind of put thought into it. We I, we actually at one point did want him to join the party and actually have all of these characters as as players. But scope the depth was too high. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, you I did get Medusa to join me. So you'd mentioned earlier about the Medusa fight. I want to go back to that. That was a that was an interesting boss fight that threw me. Like, because you go into a big room, and, like, just the way you were describing Medusa earlier, you're right. Like, I wasn't expecting this giant monster Ursula-looking thing from Little Mermaid clinging <laughs> to, like, the ceiling with her her hair. It looks like the looks like Hydra's coming out of the ends of the level. Trying You have to, you have to you know, knock them out in order to seal these gates up. Like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun enemy when we were designing her, and it was a fun enemy to execute on. You know, all credit to charlie price who was the lead designer he came in and said you know we want to do things with her that maybe are a little different than what you would see with a normal medusa fight and that was just a part of the fun is like an environmental fight is difficult it's always um you know it's something that i've dealt with before though and so it's it was fun to be able to incorporate these, these new ideas that you didn't expect like even for for every aspect of this game we, we tried to just turn people's expectations on their ear just a little bit like a little tweak here and there you did a good job with that too I would feel because I, I was not expecting this fight and I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I was annoyed with myself because I forgot how to throw spears. <laughs> so I couldn't do as much damage as I would have liked to. And I had Pan and I had Achilles with me in this fight. So I didn't have two long range persons, which I kind of regretted. But that, that's not the game's fault. That was my choice. Right. Yeah. That, and we, we don't try to punish people for having <laughs> those kind of decisions. But, you know, at the same time, we're. We, we try to make it so, well, you know, you'd be good with long-range characters if you go into this fight, but you don't know that going into it. No. So you have to be, at the same time, when she gets her, her you know, tentacles stuck or whatever, you've got the chance to wail on them pretty good. So, you know, if you had Hercules, you can do it. Yeah, I, I didn't have Hercules, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I thought it was cool that you have yeah. to destroy the statue that she's that she's coveting because the statue is what was controlling her, like, well, that was her, her lust for beauty, or that's not the right word, but... Yeah, that was that was her, her point of, of conceit. That was her, you know, she, she saw herself that way still and or coveted that beauty and saw that that's who she should have been. And it's actually what a symbol of, of her clinging to a, her own rotten core, actually. And so that's part of why destroying that symbolically and physically was important. And also, I, again, I, I was really happy that we did the redemption thing because, again, nine times out of ten, 
all you got to do is kill a Medusa. And, you know, and she's also been horribly, um, you know, she went through horrible injustices to get to where she was. Yeah. Poseidon didn't give her a choice, you know, so it was kind of the funny thing where we're like, okay, I get it now. It, I see that, um, you know, we can give her a redemption arc and it will work. And that's, that's important for us. We wanted to make sure that she had that, at least a chance to be able to, to become something more than what she was. And even leading up to her fight and everything, you you run down the hallways, which I, I just kept running, but I was running out of time to beat this game for the show, <laughs> this episode. You would see them talking, like you would see her talking with the black tongue fade on her, you know, kind of like you could see him corrupting her and turning him in, turning her into what happened. And I like that because it gave you more story of how this character, and, it, and you're right, it is nice to see Medusa not being just evil Medusa. Like, you know, when I, mean, I think of Medusa, sometimes I think of just, you know, like in the original Castlevania, it's just a eight, eight bit head that you got to kill or something of that nature. Like, it's nice to have, it was nice to see a different fight than your normal, what I'm used to with Castlevania. Right. Right, exactly. That, that was part of our, our fun with it. Yeah, I really sure. like. Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't like that. I couldn't throw spears, but that wasn't the game's fault. That was my <laughs> fault. So I couldn't remember how to do it. I'm like, what do I do? And I, I just didn't bother to look it up. I mean, I had the ability to, but I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah, there there have been times where I've stopped playing a game for a long time and came back to it, and it's usually like right before a boss fight, and they're like, ah, I forgot all the controls. What do I do? Mm-hmm. There's so, yeah. there's a couple games like if I ever play Dark Souls again, that's one game you cannot. So once you start, you can't stop. Because if you yeah, forget, right. you're done. Yeah. I had a friend who stopped playing Arkham Asylum, or Arkham City, rather, right before the big boss fight with Mr. Freeze. And, you know, this, you have to use every oh. mechanic against Mr. Freeze. So it's <laughs> like, oh, if you forget how to do that, then, you know, start earlier, refamiliarize yourself or something. Yeah, it won't go well because you won't remember what to do. Exactly. I mean, but it was, yeah. I also, I thought, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Athena. Like, from the Greek god, that was not one that I studied as well. But I felt her island did a good job of representing her. And it was all about like the justice, and you even have people that are in stock that are going to be mur- that are going to be killed, and you have to go there and be like, "Oh, hey, you know, oh, we found the actual murderer." That, I thought that was cool, and you get to make those decisions also. Like, I think it, it felt the god very well. Yeah, got it. I mean, it's it's a theme, right? So hers is justice, and you know, uh, victory, intelligence. All these things are, are things we associate with Athena. So we had to take those themes and kind of weave them into the design narrative and the visual narrative. Even her symbol is kind of a play on the scales as well. That spear, the symbolically being the the leverage point of the scales so it's you know we we just took those elements and kind of weaved them in but yeah it, it was she was uh, a lot of fun to work with and for people who didn't know greek mythology it's a chance to at least kind of familiarize themselves and learn something you know i think people who thought it was like maybe a bastardization of her or something like that or didn't really look into it much you know because honestly she was a lot of which is pretty faithful to who we interpreted her as when we were reading about her and thinking about the general themes of who she was. And because oftentimes a mythology or a story is a very simplified form of what happened. So, you know, to stick to a mythology is really kind of limiting because there's a lot of subtlety that gets lost. And so we wanted to give that subtlety back to the characters, even to the gods themselves. I think you did a good job of that. And the, the worlds weren't too long. Like none of the areas I felt like were really overstayed their welcome. Yeah. I mean, Kithara wasn't too long, but it was, it, I liked the pace of it. Yeah. I was happy oh. with the fighting and, and the decision-making for that one. Yeah, I think I mean, we had pacing issues on some of the islands, and I think, but that was, you know, we just didn't have enough time to tune as well as I would have liked. But I think that, uh, I think my I think Mycenae and Kithra both had really good pacing. I thought they were a lot of fun. And, uh, oh yeah, just one thing. You said you did all of the gods' reactions in their island? I tried. 
yeah, if you do, if in, if in my scenario you do all Aries uh, responses, there's definitely a one where you, you get this really wonderful Indiana Jones moment where you punch somebody in the face, and it's uh, it's just a great moment. And I hope you got a chance to see that. If you, if you didn't, I go didn't, back. To I didn't docs. do because I I did my scenario first, and I didn't do Aries because I didn't like the way Aries talked right. as much. So yeah, there's one where you're on the docks and you're confronted by these by these black tongues, and basically. They're wearing, you know, those Greek theater masks that we modified, which was another design idea we came up with. And um, basically, there's one scene where we keep the camera right on Jason's hand, and he folds it up into a fist. And you follow with lung, you punch the guy right in the face, and it's awesome. I don't think I, I can't remember if I did that or not because I, I might have done Ares, but I, like, I know what you're talking about. I remember that, but I can't remember if he just drew his sword and we were getting ready to fight, or if I punched him. Yeah, it's it's a great moment. <laughs> I think if you if you choose dialogue tracks on that again, if you ever get back there. Try all the Aries responses because they're. Okay. They're I'm sure I'll. I'm knowing me someday. I'll end up playing this game again. Yeah. <laughs> I also was impressed by like because where the one we just got done talking about. God, I can't think of the name now. Kit Kithane was much was you know more like you know you had like this forgotten sure. world where you go to Mycenae. It's very much a you know it's a city, and I thought that was I liked that like that was an interesting take like there were a lot of different side quests you could do where I mean they were just talking to people and telling people you know go here do this or. This person, I'll go help this, or I found this. But I, I enjoy going to the town, and it's interesting how because Jason's wife was the daughter of Ares, or one of the daughters of you know Kingdom of Ares, right. that they yeah. hate him when you first get there because they blame you for letting her die. Oh, exactly. That that was like one of the fun little twists we had in the story, where we were actually you know this tension exists because you know she was the daughter of the king of Mycenae, and you know she died under your watch, so. <laughs> You're going to get blamed, and it, it's a fun idea to be able to switch that around and be able to play it. Because it was on her wedding day, right, when she gets killed? Yeah. Like, right before the wedding? Yeah, exactly. Okay, because I, I, I skipped, like I said, I skipped that cutscene by accident, so I was a little confused. <laughs> wasn't on purpose. Right, I, I, I in the middle of saying the vows, actually. Okay, so, I missed all that. The ceremony itself. <laughs> I hit start or I hit A when I didn't mean to, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> in the game, I'm like, and I told myself, oh, I'll go watch cutscene later. That, that didn't happen, because I forgot. <laughs> it's all right. I forget. Even with that... I had enough of the story that I still was enjoying the game. Like I figured out what's going on. It 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 was fine. Like, but Mice and I, I thought was very interesting. Like just the way that the guards, everybody talks to you, and as you progress, like the whole thing with with that island is that you go you go there to meet with the king, and you have to prove that you're innocent by fighting in a tournament. And I had just played Shadow of Rome not that long ago on this show earlier this year, so I I was like, okay, I'm like another Colosseum battle. I I liked the way you did Colosseum battles in this. I thought they were interesting. They weren't. Weren't too long, which is nice, but they were they were interesting. The combat and the way it set up with the story about how the king is pretty much setting you up to lose because well he hates you because you killed his daughter you know it blames you which fit <laughs> yeah and there's also corrupting influence there's like that worm tongue you know a kind of influence as well but yes which thing... I I like that you had people on almost every island that were kind of you know doing that whole Lord of the Rings thing where they're like you know corrupting the corrupting the king or corrupting whoever yeah start. that had to be some. In order for you to um, eventually, like a character, can't be wholesale evil or wholesale against you. It's a point of view, and if you find a corrupting influence, that makes it easier in the game. You actually be able to focus your energies on. And also, oh, see one interesting game. fact for the Colosseum. Oh, sure. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say, but no, you I'll, get just the Colosseum. I'll go real quick. When you get the Colosseum scene. You see Daedalus, which I like that you guys included him. I've always been a fan of his myth with the wings of Icarus. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's another twist we put on him. You know, making him the the smithy and making him just you know uh, that that wonderful characterization that he has for for building stuff and that the deep booming voice we got. It's, it's just an amazing character to create, and I think we had a lot of fun with Daedalus. 
and having him board your ship, you know, and gathering these people who you meet as interesting characters. It's just, I think that was one of the best parts of the game is just that you meet these really wonderful characters and they join you. Like, I really enjoy talking to you. Great. I'm coming aboard. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Come on. Um, that was very fun. Yeah. And um, one of the, um, one of the interesting side notes about uh, Mycenae is that the Colosseum is square. If you look at it, it's a Greek theater. It's not a Roman theater. Roman theaters were round. Greek theaters were square. So it, because it's ancient Greece, they hadn't invented round Colosseums yet. So, so they basically made that whole arena square. Okay, I didn't catch that, but that is cool. That makes sense, yeah. too. It's, it's something I think that a lot of people didn't realize. It's like um, when people look at ancient civilizations like Greek, they think it's all stone and people just hung around in togas. Honestly, people like being comfortable. And so things like giant carpets would be laid across these things. Statues would have clothing on them. They'd be painted. And over time, these things are lost. The soft things are lost. So if, for example, you were to look at a skyscraper in a thousand years, years and nothing didn't you know maintain it all you'd see are these like weird concrete uh towers you know with no windows and everything would be like you know cubes inside people, like, did people just live inside this how do they uh, because you all those soft things would blow away over time so we tried to reestablish that we did a lot of historical like uh, re- research to look mm-hmm. at um how people lived back then and what they would use and so we try to add innovation and intelligence to everything to make sure that people didn't feel like you know it's not medieval it's it's greek so there's a lot of intelligence behind it. Even on the Yolkas, there's a lot of machinery there. Like there's a corkscrew pump that pumps water up from the ground. Really ingenious. Oh, if cool. you checked a few years ago, there was actually a computer that was found in ancient Greece. It wasn't like you know, electronic or anything, but it actually computed numbers and dates. It sounded really cool. I mean, they were hell of intelligent, though, for their time, too. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that, that fits it. I was just I was impressed with the, the tournaments. Like I I enjoyed the because you didn't have too many of them. You only I think you had like three or three fights and then maybe three and then another three later. Like it it was a nice variety. Like it wasn't too much. It didn't overwhelm me and irritate me or anything. Yeah, I think uh, Achilles was the hardest one. So, but yeah, it's definitely uh, yeah. He he kicked my ass almost. Like I almost died. I had to keep running from him. Yeah, to heal. Yeah, he was supposed to be the hardest one. So, but it was cool also to see Achilles because I've always a fan of Greek myth, so seeing, like, you know, getting to fight somebody of his, you know, stature from, like, that was cool to me, that he was in here, and he joins you. Yes, yes, he joins you. And I, I like how you don't actually beat him in the fight, you guys come to a draw. Right, that's the thing, is you want to keep him as a hero still, and diminish him, so the draw was perfect for us. It was a good scene. Yeah, thanks. Enjoyed it. <laughs> and then, like, just, and then, like, in the way it goes, like, this whole, as you, as you continue on, you end up having this whole tournament to decide who's going to be the king, and you have to go, and then you kind of convince Achilles to join, and as you're fighting, and like you say, more about like the worm tongue, where this guy is corrupting the king, and he eventually, I think, gets stabbed by the king, was it, or he gets hit in the face yeah. by the king? Yeah, he gets the mace. That's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty formidable mace, too. If you look at it, it's like he has a. It was, I use. I think it was the only mace I used the rest of the game. I don't think I got any other ones because I didn't mess with Ares a whole lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is one thing we had was his mace mounted on a staff. So he took this giant mace that he used in battle and decided, okay, he, he had this mace, but it's not very kingly to have it. So he mounted it on his staff and had it as like, you know, his symbol. And then when he wanted to use it, he just... It was, it was cool. Smash people's faces. Yeah. A mace yeah. was my least favorite of the three weapons, but that's just because I don't like slow weapons in general in gaming. Right. Yeah. That's... But you do get mash armor and heads. So if you like destroying armor, it was really good at destroying shields and heads. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, explode. it was... I used it for all shields. And every I fight people with shields, that's when it that's when it came out, and I was taking them out that way. Yeah. Because that was the only real... That was the most effective way to take out a shield enemy. 
Right, yeah. And it was fun. It was satisfying. <laughs> Just smash them in the face with a mace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I, actually, I did enjoy it when it would hit when it hit their faces and it just like you know goes a little like the bloody spurt. It was like okay, this is still oh, cool. Yeah. Even all these years later, this still looks cool on here. Yeah, and it, it was funny because uh, in the design sense, once we had the mace working, we actually tagged that property onto Hercules's hands. So when he punched something, he punched with the force of the mace, oh. and he would just explode people's heads. So if you ever see him in combat, you'll see him just like popping heads. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I didn't see it too much. I saw him grabbing people and hugging them and squishing them. Yeah. I you also, had to turn it down a little bit because he was like just destroying people with it. So we're like, okay, okay just with that. tone it down a little bit AI. So, but it was funny. It also was interesting. Like with the, the AI all have their own health system. They don't have a HUD. I saw that like over time I'd see Hercules be covered in blood and his eye would be all screwed up. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that until right before yeah, he died yeah. one time, but I liked mm-hmm. that you guys did that. I thought that was a cool touch too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's part of the thing is like, you got to have, you know, um, Again, visual cues. We wanted to make it sumptuous visually so that if you decide to pay attention to something, you actually be rewarded for it. And that was just, you know, it didn't always have to be there. We didn't want to beat people over the head so they could see it, but we wanted to necessarily just put it there so people have something to do during their multiple playthroughs. Or, you know, even during a single playthrough and they got bored, whatever. <laughs> Which happens a lot for people, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. I mean, we just try to layer it. I mean, my, my job was to add visual interest to the game and to interpret everything that was being said and reinforce it visually. So if there is, if you caught something like that, that's a testament to the artists. And um, I'm grateful because I had a fantastic team to work. <laughs> I want to talk about my favorite island next, which is Saria. I really like your jungle island in this game. Saria was great. It was a lot it, of fun to work with. It was an island that I don't, I don't like. I, I didn't know if Saria. I'm assuming Saria is from Greek myths in some fa- in some form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of the islands exist in some form. Okay, maybe not. We kind of like shuffle the associations around just so that we get clear and easy for the player to, to digest. Yeah, it all makes sense. But like when I hear sorry, I think of Ocarina Time. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's not that's just, you know, that's always been great in my head as an early game that I played and sure. Zelda. But I like it was cool to me to sound like, oh, sorry. And then, you know, it's the fact that this whole jungle island. And I I like it when you get there, you have centaurs that you run into right away. And that's the townsfolk. Like I it was cool to see someone that weren't human. Right. Instead. Yeah. And that was really hard for us because at the time, especially for that level of Unreal, doing four-legged enemies was really difficult. So it was something that we uh, experimented with, but we really felt strongly about the characters that were in the game. And we had to have them actually. They worked well. I mean, it was cool having having that town, and then you, you know, you're fi- like you're fighting the satyrs, satyrs mostly in here, and like this whole idea that this forest is kind of corrupted for some reason. And that, you know, these all these centaurs are hunters, but they can't go out there because it's not safe anymore. And this is Hermes' island, too, which I, I like that. Like, you have the scene midway through the island when you find Hermes' fruit, and you eat the fruit, and you get to see the dead. Right, yeah. yeah. That was a that nice was, touch. Yeah, again, there was that sense of uh, going through the island a couple of times, you know, a new power unlock, and then being able to resolve a lot of stuff. It added to it, because, I mean, the areas weren't Someone super big, you. which I did appreciate. <laughs> And I yeah. didn't mind that the enemy types were like, because you fight these Tartarus fiends on almost, I think, all three islands, which are these things that were summoned from the dead by the Black Tongue, which I thought they were fine, too. They were kind of a cool little thing to fight. Yeah, we, we tried to make them looking cool. and It spiced up the combat. And is Atalanta, is she, she's from Greek myth, too, I assume. She's the girl that joins you on this island. Yeah, Atalanta's from, from Greek mythology. Okay, I don't remember her. Huntress. Yeah, she was. If if you, that's the thing is like if you're curious uh, about these after you play the game, you could it it encourages people to look it up, and you know it, you get to see that she's a huntress. You know, I think her name means something like equal weight or something like that. It's supposed to be about justice and about um, balance with her. 
but she is she is really cool. She's a I think she was goddess of speed or running. That's why we put her on the, the island of of, 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 of uh, yeah of and Hermes. Hermes, yeah. No, she was she was a character I used a bunch once I got her because I liked having a ranged character. Yeah, she's great. She had a bunch of cool arrows. You could do different things. She was Hawkeye before Hawkeye came out. <laughs> <laughs> she was one of my favorite characters to use. Like I used her for the end. I would use her and Hercules a lot. And I have things for Achilles too. I used him a bunch, but I tried to switch it up and have like you know Jason and Achilles or Hercules being my melee, and then having one range to make it easier. It was nice. The game let me do that. The game let me choose who to have. I just I was just fond of her. I just thought, balanced weapon. Yeah, the game balanced well. I, I I felt that it was still it was balanced fine. Yeah, for an older uh, game. The game kept Jason as the weapons master, and he was the crux of everything. And then from there, we wanted to make sure we didn't make redundancies with the characters. So Atlanta was range, Hercules was pure melee, Achilles was skill. Uh, you know, and he had a little bit more range and a little more speed, and but not as much destructive power as as Hercules. So and you know, uh, and Pan was just you know he's spell he's a spellcaster. So there was a lot of different aspects there, and that was what we wanted to have this key of like different aspects of, of combat that you could p- mix and match in order to balance your encounters. I, I thought it worked well. Uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was definitely an experiment, but a lot of fun. like also on, on Saria, another thing that I found like this very interesting was like the whole, as you progress through this Island, you find out that actually the lead centaur, the one in charge of this Island, the leader of the tribe has actually been corrupted by the black tongues and had joined them. And he's the reason for all these issues here. Yeah, I mean I like that's the thing is, in the end, we had to have oh, you know something to resolve the mysteries, and it was I thought a good way of setting that up in Saria. He was a fun boss fight too because he was a little different, where he would like kick you away and then shoot like ghost things at you. You had to dodge and then get to him, then hit him again, and then he'd repeat. Yeah, the process. yeah. And he had this chart, this charging at you with those lanes, and you had to know which lane to dodge to in order to get around. It was, it was skill based. I liked it. No, I'm glad. Was, <laughs> and I. And one thing we haven't really talked about is that each different island they give you different equipment that you'll get. You'll get like different spears, different swords, different. You'll get different maces, different armor, and they all have like different qualities that would you know make them respectable in combat because the game can be played in any way you want. You can go to whatever island you want to. The uh, out of the three, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we really all- tried up yeah. the game on on each piece of armor too. Really try to tell the story of the island if it was island based armor. Really tell the story of that island and that armor. And I thought it fit like that. And the weapons, too. Like, you get the really good spear from Perseus, which makes sense, I felt like. Because I, like, I feel like Perseus had uh, Pegasus, but maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember. I don't remember my Greek myth as well as I'd like to. Yeah, he, he, Perseus had the, he had the, a lot of gifts of the gods. Yeah. Okay. Was he the one who had the, the, the flying shoes, too? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because Perseus was the one that killed the manticore, if I remember correctly. He puts the iron on the tip of it, so when he shoots the spear down his throat, he eats the iron. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Manticore too. It was, it was, it was, and like, then you find out that this centaur is the one that's controlling this. Was it a Manticore in this game? Yeah, a Manticore, yeah. It was, that's, that's killing uh, all these people and killing the centaurs, and that's what, you know, and, and they kill it, but the idea that it, it's going into a different plane of existence into the land of the dead to get away from people, and that's how it's escaping death. Like, I thought that was all very interesting too. Yeah, and Nessus being the Beastmaster, of course, was the one in charge of it, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it was. It was very, I enjoyed it. And like, just fighting him was fun. And then when you find out that one of the centaurs in the town is actually a son of Hermes, I think, or something, a a bloodline of Hermes. Yes. 
Because the idea wasn't you're trying to find somebody of each of the gods to help you find. Because earlier in the game, you get to, you go to Delphi for a, a small scene and then lead you to these three different islands to then find. You're looking for the Golden Fleece this whole time. Yes, yes, yes. Which I like because that's also kind of what Jason, I think, is most well known for, looking for the Golden Fleece. Exactly. The Golden Fleece has meant a lot of things and a lot of different storylines and the way it's been realized. So ours was the fact that it could resurrect his, his dead wife. And basically, uh, you know, it was it was the the goal for everything. But you had to have the blood of each of the gods in order to open the gateway to get to it. Which was also interesting. Like it was and it gave you reason to do what you're up to. And, and the, like even in the beginning with Iolcus, when you first, you know, your wife dies and you leave and you leave it in charge of your uncle. Like you can already see, you guys did a good job of setting up like, yeah, this guy's not who you think he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's going to betray you. Yeah, he was. He was definitely uh, the mastermind behind everything. But um, yeah, I mean, Ocus was definitely a, a difficult island for us. I think it was the most difficult island because we had to leave and come back to it in two different states. And we had to try using real-time lighting because remember, before, this is before we had real-time lighting. And so at the end, we had this area where everything is dark and you're just barely illuminated going through there and the enemies are coming out of the darkness. It was really cool, but it would really kill your frame rate. So we had to be really careful about how to use it. So dynamic lights were just something that's very, very rare in Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 games. Okay. And I was also amused at the end of the Saria when you run into Hermes and he builds the, he pulls the statue out of the water of you killing that centaur. Yeah. I mean, well, it's a I little tough, but. Hey, it's better than writing it in the stars where you only get to see it at night. <laughs> He's pulls out a giant statue. He's like, oh, in honor of what you did of how you cut off the centaur's head. Yeah, it's, I mean, everything has to be a heroic and epic and acknowledged for the player. And adding those things allowed them to at least feel the sense of, of accomplishment. And I, I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, but I want to kind of touch on it more. Like the way that the experience system is in this game is where by killing so many enemies with a with set weapon or picking certain dialogue options or completing a side quest, you'd get, what were they called again? Deeds, I think it was. Deeds, yeah. And then you would and you pick a god that you would then, you know, propose that D2 to one of these statues. And then it would give you you would unlock abilities that you could that would like, you know, you're better with a spear, you're faster or you'll have these god powers where you can like cast like big spells, which I never could. I never did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, those things are great. I mean, if you if you're like, you know, Gates of Tartarus was an awesome one where it just suck everybody into the underworld. So it was just an, it was it was cool to have those abilities, but you didn't have to use them if you enjoyed the combat system, which I hope you did. I did. You know, you didn't need those abilities. I couldn't figure out how to make them work. So. <laughs> oh, they're on the cross little cross controller. I put them on there. I put them, but I, I guess when I hit them, I did, must not have had enough power saved up yeah. in order to yeah. use them or anything. Cause I never, it didn't work. I didn't really care because I was never having too much of an issue. Not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to charge it and then you can use them. And it's also interesting. Like as you, as you complete each island, you'll get a little bit of story of where the guy from that you left an isle kiss your uncle who is like plotting against you. You can see a little bit of what he's up to as you, pre- as you go to each place. Yeah. The threads there, it was all connected. We were and like, and the fact saw that. Which I always appreciate in games. And then when you did finally get the three, when you get the bloodlines and you, and you go to, you know, Delphi again, and then you have to, like how they all cut themselves in order to open up the gate to Arter- to Tartarus, which I, I, yeah, that, that I think was a bit inspired. You know, we had a lot of really cool debates about how to make that happen. But I think that, that was the one that really kind of locked everything into place for us. Yeah, that figured out. You had a good comment when they go to Tartarus, which made me smile because I'm a Hercules fan from the TV show, where he's like, oh, I've been here before, but I wasn't in Tartarus. 
<laughs> well, you know, you fought Cerberus, and I like that you yeah. guys mentioned that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things about Hercules that are really tragic, and so just leading back to it and the fact that he's a survivor of this traumatic past is important. Let him know that he's, he's a hero already. He's already done these amazing things. You try not to, like, you know, overdo it on that, but, you know, we did have references to the Nemean lion and to his various exploits, you know, his cleaning the stables and that kind of stuff. And that was all part of references we had in his dialogue trees. But you have to bring him with you everywhere if you do that. Yeah, I only got a few of those because I kept switch. I switch. I switched up the characters a decent amount for each island, just so I'd have a different flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and then you could talk to people on the boat too, because like we hadn't talked about, but the whole the boat, you know, Argo. You have Argo, or that's not the boat. The bo- the guy in charge of the boat is Argos, but I forget what the boat is actually called. The Argo. Oh, okay, so close. Argos and yeah. Argo. All right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but Argo it's from Greek Argo. myth, like the whole. Weren't were most of these characters Argonauts from the Greek myths also like Achilles in them? Uh, no, I, uh, some of them were and some of them weren't. It just, okay. it just, uh, we put them all in the boat together and grabbed heroes from every mythology to throw them on there and just combine them all together because it was a good chance for us to do things like that and actually, you know, reach into the. People generally know that Achilles was a hero. People generally know that Pan is a is a is a satyr. But you know, we we really borrowed heavily and, and just felt free to mix and create our own mythology out of these things off of the general idea that people knew these characters. We weren't like trying when, to write a history novel. <laughs> no, you're good. And when, like, when you're in Tartarus, you had to go kill the two different... Were they Titans? Prometheus? Yeah, Prometheus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Oh, I forgot the other guy's name already. It's, just... uh, Eph- Eph- it's something with an E. I can tell you yeah. that much. Right. Yeah. It was Prometheus the one that sticks with me more, because isn't Prometheus the one in Legend that gave fire to humans? Yeah. His, yeah, Prometheus gave fire to humans, and he had his liver plucked out every day because of it <laughs> so yeah he was he was basically tortured every day that's kind of a we just took the tortured every day and bound to the earth idea and built that area for him and uh yeah just we again we played with the idea of what's the general theme and how can we realize it in a different way Tartarus is interesting i mean it was a lot of just battles but it i didn't mind i was happy just to kill things especially at this point where i was pretty damn powerful yeah you had to be able to show it <laughs> off you know this is one where you didn't there's nothing to solve on this island you know it's just get in there and just crush everything yeah, which fits Tartarus too. You know, you're in the land of the dead, so yeah, you're in hell essentially, or close to it. <laughs> I can't right. remember is Tartarus hell, or is there another hell within their Greek mythology? Us, I believe. I mean, for for uh, as far as we were concerned, Tartarus was the afterlife. It was hell, basically. That's if you didn't go to be with you know in, in the happy afterlife and the um, Elysium. Elysium fields. Yeah, if you didn't go to Elysium, you went to Tartarus. So yeah, it was pretty fun. And then you fought you fought a boss that annoyed me, Ifris, which is like the leader of the Black Tongues that you found, or one of the leaders that you found down here, and you find out like this is where that they were summoning the Black Tongues were summoning the Tartars demons from Tartars itself that you would fight throughout the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this fight per se because I didn't get my heroes with me and I got my ass handed to me, but I don't that wasn't the game's fault. That was just my fault for not trying to play strategically. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, we had to have one fight where you're basically you have to use all the things you've learned. And have to be strategic, but yeah, it, it, I think that may have been a failure on our part of not being able to, um, you know, give you enough training by yourself. Oh, you guys did. This this was a me thing. Where whenever I play games, I play especially when I'm you know trying to beat a game the day before my recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was rushing it, and I was, but it was a cool fight. Like no, it was fine. It was just I was just being dumb and not running away when I needed to. Yeah, so I don't want to. It's how I play games. <laughs> so yeah. But it was a cool fight. I mean, I just missed having my allies because I really enjoyed the allies in this game a lot. But it makes sense that it's kind of like this this culmination of what you've been going through that you're fighting the leader of the Black Tongues 
finally, and you're fighting them by yourself. So it made sense from a story standpoint. Right. No, it, it, it was it was interesting that you find that this whole you know the whole thing because you've been trying to find the golden fleece. You find that the golden fleece is in Tartarus this whole time. Yeah, you, it, you had to put it someplace that wasn't easy to get to, and yeah. just sticking on an island felt like a cop out. Like just oh, it's just an island hidden somewhere. I mean, why would you need the blood of the gods to reach this island? So it had to be someplace really hard to get to, and that was. But you know, getting the golden fleece, I mean, it made him because it upgrades his armor, and he just looks. He does look badass as hell once you get it. Oh yeah, no, we, we definitely fleeced up his armor. <laughs> we had that giant <laughs> ram and everything like that. And yeah, you're essentially a, a walking nuke. <laughs> but yeah. It was, end of the game. Oh, yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, yeah, no, it made the like the end of the game again. It reminded me a lot of the Odyssey, where you go now. You have the Golden Fleece armor to go resurrect Alchemy. You find out, or Alchemy, you find out that you know as you're heading to your own island, that you find one of your guard captains is dead. That you find out that your uncle betrayed you, and it reminds me of the Odyssey of him going back, and everything's been turned to hell in his home. Right. Exactly. It's like you. I don't know if that's what you guys are going for, but that's what it, it hit me. Like, oh, this, this is the Odyssey. Yeah, no, it's it's supposed to be. So again, okay. it's our take on it, and just a different way of approaching it, and but at the same time making it digestible to gamers in terms of assuming that they had this general knowledge of the Odyssey and a general knowledge of these things that they would feel familiar because everything is a hero's journey at some point, and I mean, this is the first original one. So even if you didn't, I think it would still be enjoyable. I just am a big fan of Greek myths, so that's why I keep associating different things, but. And I know we talked about it before, but I really do like the design of the I. God, not the, I think they're Ionians, the mercenaries. Yeah, like, yeah, they have a good design. Thank you. That was my favorite thing to design. Actually, because <laughs> we, we talked about it when we interviewed, God, like, you know, earlier this year. Like you were talking about how you designed the mask. They do look, and I hadn't played the game in a while. But when I played it again, and you know, with that in my head, I'm like, they are kind of frightening. Like they do a good job of fitting. You know, plus they're mercenaries, so it, I thought it fits them well. Yeah, it was it was funny because originally they didn't have those. We had a different set of enemies we designed, and I I've always been terrified of Greek theater masks because of uh, <laughs> I think Doctor Who. I'm a fan of the Fourth Doctor, and there was a series where they had Greek theater masks on. It was just terrifying to me as a kid, and so I remembered that, and we brought them out. And once we realized them, you know, in, in metal, of course, is armor, but we were like, hey, this is a really cool design. And then we just realized, like, why are we beating ourselves up trying to make these individual faces for enemies and trying to make each one look different? Let's just give them these. You know, let's propagate this design because it's actually more terrifying and made them a lot cooler looking as enemies. So by creating Greek theater masks, we were able to uh, stay within theme, solve a really big problem about enemy diversification, and also just make something really cool. <laughs> so we were happy with I was really happy with the solution. The last area is also a very good like story type beats where the team is working together and at one point they have to kind of like split up to... You know, some people are going to stay here and protect the boat. Some people are going to stay here, like fight off, you know, the mercenaries here as you're trying to save your house. And I was a little surprised because you have and you also like to kind of see the deterioration of the house where you have like all like these green spores looking things, you know, attached to everything that, you know, remind me of looks like Tartarus. I thought that was a good touch to the show, the corruption that's happening in his house, in his island. Yeah, exactly. We were definitely trying to bring that feeling of, of what the stakes were. And the bringing over of, you know, Tartarus into the world was was what we wanted to try. And so we definitely wanted to have the island affected by that. You, did, you guys did a good job with that because it was and it was and it wasn't bad going back to an old place. It didn't because it's so different going back to it. And this time you're actually fighting things all, all over the place. So it didn't feel like a, it didn't it didn't feel like a repeat or anything in a bad state. No, I'm glad that, that was our point. Like we thought, hey, you know, let's let's try to come back to it and actually create these differences. And then at the same time 
you know, have the familiar points of everything you do. And that's kind of why you stay on the Ocus for so long at the beginning is just to try to get that contrast at the end. It's like, oh, it's, I work really hard to make this island big and strong and, you know, apply justice to it. And then everything just goes to hell when you come back. And you <laughs> have a real sense of like, what did you do to my stuff? Yeah. And I got I got tricked a little bit by the game because you get to the final type area. And then you, at first you see the one of the black tongue people that you have been dealing with that like the assassin one. And you kill him in a dialogue tree. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's the final fight. And I, and I and I thought I beat the game. I'm like, okay, the game's just about done. And then you go in the mausoleum after you. And I like that you guys didn't do a boss fight for him, that you just had him kill you, kill him in dialogue, essentially. Well, we, we, we again, just wanted to have some things done in, in different ways. And I think that being able to, you've gone through a lot of fights at this point. And so what, you know, what we decided to have as a fight, what we decided to have as a dialogue was just something we wanted to experiment with as a new experience for the player. You know, it amused me, though. <laughs> yeah. And I was a little surprised when you finally do go into the last room and then you find you find, you know, Alchemy and you're going to try or Alchemy and you're going to try to, you know, re-raise her and you find you get confronted by your uncle. But then your uncle turns out to be like a sorcerer. You have to fight him. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, I died twice on him. <laughs> he's a hard one. I mean, he's the last boss. He's supposed to be hard. Well, I was I didn't I, I had to look up what to do because I was doing it wrong. Like when I didn't know how to I couldn't remember how to throw spears. Yeah. That was one of the problems. Oh, well, yeah. That's, yeah, something you have to kind of learn. Well, the game, I mean, the game told me. The game told me a long time ago. I just didn't remember anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't experimenting enough with the control. I had to look up online how to do it. I'm like, oh, yeah, hold down R2 and press B. Okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah, played on a fake 360 controller. Right. Is what I play on when I play PC games. Right. It just works better for me. I like, I, I'm a big fan of 360 controller. I think it's a great controller design. It's a good design. It was comfy. Yeah, and then you you end up you beat him, you save Alchemy, and then you you know it it had a good feeling to the game. I mean, and the game wasn't too long in my opinion. Like I felt like the game was just long enough. Yeah, I also don't like long games, but that's because I do this crazy show. So <laughs> yeah, I play a uh, game every week. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to basically give a shout out to him in this game to like uh, concept artist Eric Ryan, who was an amazing concept artist for this. Mike Kime, who was the character artist for this. Uh, Vince Joyal, who is the uh, you know, lead for environment, uh, they, they did an amazing job with this game. We, we did a lot with a very, very small team. So I think that's something that, you know, I, I think that people don't realize how small this team was. And we did a lot of stuff with it. And we, we really hit a lot of higher level work because I had this great team to work with. So it's not all on me. Oh, how long did you work with Liquid Entertainment? About two years. Okay. Was it just this game then? Yeah, it was just this game. Okay. But yeah, it was like it was definitely a lot of problem solving and trying to figure out how to do things more efficiently and just doing a lot with a very small team. Again, I think we only like I don't know, like thirty people at most. So it wasn't very Okay. What's a normal team like for a triple A title now? Two hundred and fifty. Ooh, damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, a hundred hundred is typical. Two fifty is like what I'm starting to see now because of with outsourcing involved and stuff like that. It's just a lot. It just depends on the level of AAA you're talking about involved. Okay. But 100 to 250 is about. Yeah, that's interesting. One reason I ended up picking up this game, because I used to love finding random random titles. And I, I Codemasters was always good about publishing stuff that wasn't that was that was interesting to me mm-hmm. for some reason. Because it'd be stuff that was usually less known. But I, I played some I feel like I played some very good games that came out of Codemasters before. So that was one thing that drew, that drew me to your game, too, was that Codemasters had published it. Yeah, there was. They were doing a lot with Lil 2. I mean, honestly, Codemasters, I, I'd always wished for a bigger budget, but at the same time, 
they were very helpful working with us and, and talking to us and letting us, you know, give them the design that we wanted to make. That was really generous. Yeah, look at some of the games that they publish, like they published Damnation, which I have played that also. <laughs> right. It's not, I don't remember a lot of good things about it. I just remember I played it. Okay, yeah, they, yeah, they were just one of those companies, especially during that 360 era, that used to always attract me when I would see them. They would just publish some very different stuff that I always would get my interest, would get me going. Like, oh, yeah, this looks good. Well, this is also the era of, like, with achievements, I'd play almost anything just to go get achievements. Right. I liked, uh, was it Dirt? Dirt was really cool. Yes, that was a good series. They did Bullet Witch, which is not a good game, but I, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did Lord of the Rings Online back when that was a, the first one of that. Yeah. Also, a shout out for the, the music to Rise of the Argonauts was also really great. The guy that did 300 did the music for us. Oh, I actually played the music on, too, for this game, which is so not was, like me, but amazing. I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really good music. I mean, I enjoyed it. And I do got a few. I didn't get a lot of comments, but I did get a few comments that I want to read from first from the I watched the entire Overlord Super Replay from Ben Woolley. I really liked it, but I felt feels an RPG elements let it down in the end. I think it would have been more successful if it, if it focused on just being a linear action adventure game to play in the Odyssey angle. Yeah, I that's totally valid. <laughs> yeah, I was happy with the way it is because I I just well, the way that I play games, I love games that are just like stories. And then I just play through them. I enjoy them. I absorb them over the course of like a week and then I move on. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that was important to us was open world feel in terms of not not GTA levels, but more like Mass Effect levels where you can just take each island at, at whatever way you wanted to. It did make it really complicated for us because you could solve the island in any order you wanted to. Yeah. And you'd have different heroes with you at the, every time. So again, anytime you add a character, it just got exponentially more difficult. It was ambitious for sure. I think, you know, in some cases overly ambitious, but... He, you know, we, we did our best with, and for, the, with the design at the time. How, how long did you have to make this game? Just two years then? Uh, Yeah, just uh, I think two and a half years if you count the uh, vertical slice. Yeah, and there was not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> What's the normal time for like a, a game like this? Five years. Uh, yeah, like, three, three to five years okay. is normal. So it's like, you know, you want to get more time is always better, but it just depends on if it's a sequel or if it's brand, brand new IP. Yeah, but even then, you still need the time to be able to create it. So it just depends on how your pipeline is. Okay. From Brett K- Pasquale, that game was rad. <laughs> oh, and thank you. Awesome. <laughs> from Quentin Crow, uh, the good old stoic hero with his back turn cover art. That was the phase at <laughs> that time. Yeah, well, that wasn't that wasn't my choice. That was <laughs> no, uh, I, I, marketer's choice. <laughs> and also from Quentin Crow, he said, Codemaster, so when does Jason get to upgrade his ship's turbo? <laughs> exactly. So, can you drift the, the Argo? That was another hard thing for us, was the Argo was supposed to have a bunch of people inside of it pulling those oars, and we're like, nah, you can't animate that many people. So we had to make it a ship of wonder, and instead we uh, sort of like, you know, uh, just this really cool navigation center, and just put things inside of it that kind of rotated and cool, moving around to kind of make it feel like it was an automated ship, because we just couldn't animate that many people inside the game. Yeah, that makes sense, though. And last one from the Giant Bomb Group that I got from Simon Hedlund. There's so much stuff from this era that I either forgot about or never heard of, like this one. I can see myself having a blast going through a bunch of this shit in coming years. Also, I need to watch Jason and the Argonauts now. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that's the thing is, if this game spurs you to actually like look up these characters, then I think we've done our job because it's just to make it entertaining. You can see where we deviated or where we borrowed and kind of blended it all together, but it was all done in the sense of of wonder and adventure, and to try and get people interested in this thing and kind of reexamine you know what they know about Greek mythology. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it did that well. I mean, Thank definitely. You. I mean, this has been a game that I have been talking about to people for years, trying to get people really? to play it again. Oh, it just, 
it's always been on my radar. There's a couple games that like from the 360 era that I always was a big fan of, and this was one of them that kind of stuck with me. Yeah, like that's yeah. why I was I was happy when we first met, and I was like, oh, you worked on this game, like you got my attention very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, hopefully you saw some touches that carried over from Soul Reaver into this, you know, and same time, you know, I think my experiences have have always been a lot of fun. Like having a great team to work with being able to pick up cool ideas and propagate them and has having people who know how to build their stuff, you know, and just, just trusting the team to build it is, is part of my philosophy. So, you know, hopefully that, that all carried across in this game, have fun with it. And I hope people get a chance to play it and give it another chance because I think they'll enjoy it. I'll be, I'll be preaching it to other people for a while. So <laughs> now that I replayed it and it, it still held up and I still had fun, I'll be, I'll be trying to convince people to play it. So, right. Yeah. And we accomplished a lot for uh, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 era graphics. I mean, there are a lot of limitations, but really try to push through those. Yeah, I mean, and then your achievements were also crazy either. Like, I remember that was one thing that got my attention too. It's like you had fair achievements and there was no multiplayer, which I was always happy when games didn't have multiplayer back then because I was an achievement whore. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that for sure. Oh, I, I fell in love with achievements and I would just put so much time and effort into them. And then I, I, I stopped that. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still a big fan of achievements. I think achievements are a good thing because if it, if it convinces you to play a game more, there's nothing wrong with it. I just with the show and now I don't I don't care. So <laughs> I'm too yeah. busy. <laughs> also, right, one, any... one more thing oh, sure. I want to let you know about is um we talked about the game's development cycle and it taking a few years. One thing you realize um, working with the same team over the course of a year, you'll discover things and stuff that you've created a year prior may need to be scrapped or redone just because you've learned more things, deciding to do more things. So. I think that's something that people don't take into account. They think you're just making a game, and once it's made, you shut you. This level's done. Put it to the side. Next level. It's not like that. You you make discoveries, and you're like, oh my god, this is so much better now. I have to go back and fix this. Otherwise, no one's gonna play the rest of this game. Like if the beginning of your game sucks, then no one's gonna play the rest of your game. Yeah, because most people aren't like me. When I most games I start, I try to finish ninety ninety five percent of the games I start, I try to finish. Yeah. Well, if I have one piece of advice for any video game creator out there, it's that don't do your main character first. Oh. <laughs> never do your main character first because he will be outdated by the time your game comes out. You will have learned so much and done so much and your side characters look so much better. You always do your main character like like in the middle, in the middle of production. Like you can do a proxy for the main character, but he's by no means he should be by no means be final. Okay. That's cool to know. Yeah. We we tell people this all the time and I always tell people this, but some people just don't listen to this. Like it's funny because you can tell. It's like oh, so I'll look. I'll look into that. I'll look at that when I play some games to see if, <laughs> if I can catch that with people. Yeah, yeah. Give it, give it a look. You'll see. Like it, either some piece of armor that they originally started with, or something that they did was like just look, doesn't look as good as their later pieces. You're like, okay, I can see what happened here. There's a learning curve. All right, and I want to bring us to our last section, uh, shelf stacker box, where I rate the game and kind of what I thought of it. This game is going to go on the shelf for me because I I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I'm going to be recommending it to people. I've been recommending it for years, or at least now I know that my opinion wasn't wrong anymore, that it still holds up in 2021, so... That's great. I'm really appreciative just, of that. You know, it's an action game with a, with a decent story. I mean, it's... That, I mean, that's how I look at it. You know, it's it's not super long, so I didn't feel like I never got bored of the combat. I never got bored... You know, I just enjoyed the story. I played through it. I enjoyed the different dialogue options, and, you know, it's like an eight-hour game, which is just long enough, and it was fun. And it's cheap on Steam. Yeah, great. So, I mean, it's an older game. I don't mean anything bad about that. No, no, I have to get it on, on Steam, too. I only have it on Xbox 360, I think, so I should definitely get the Steam version. Did you get a chance to try it out again since before our conversation today? Uh, yeah, I actually played it a little bit. It was, it was a lot of fun to go back through it. I only got like a past the first two islands before I okay. ran out of time because I've been so busy with work. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Would you? Uh, what would be your rating for shelf stacker box? I know you're a bit biased because you worked on it, but I always ask people. I mean, I would shelf, of course. You know, I just <laughs> throw it on there and just nothing else. The reference for the things that we built is is a lot of fun, and hopefully you'll you'll if, if people play it again, they'll see like little innovations we did, especially in trying to make the Greeks feel like smarter, more advanced than what people think they were, and hopefully see like they were what we're trying to do with this game. You know, it's Mass Effect in Greek <laughs> mythology. Yeah, and I think you guys did good with that. It was fun. It was fun to work on. It was fun to make. Uh, I guess I had a great team. You know, I think that we, I wish we had more time and more money to work on it because I think we would have really explored a lot more of it, like added more characters, built more islands. But, you know, unfortunately, we had what we had. We just did the best we could. With it. Yeah, I'm I'm OK with the amount of islands that you had. Though, so I won't complain. Yeah. Well, for every character, there was one hero for every island. So you had to basically line them up. But I think we got maybe. Yeah, one hero for each island. So it's, it's basically for every hero you want to add, you have to add an island. So we were like, oh, God, <laughs> four is good. Yeah, that would make it harder. So I, I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, we wanted to do more. We always want to do more. Yeah, I think that's normal, though, too, to want to, to, want to add more to your game. Yeah. Oh, and uh, where can people find you at? I mean, I'm, I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up uh, Daniel Kabuko. So I'm, not, I'm not really... I don't hide my name or anything. <laughs> and would you still have your Patreon for Legacy of Kane? I do. I paused it recently because I got so busy. I switched oh, okay. jobs from Sony recently to work at Riot. So I'm at Riot Games now. So that and moving to Los Angeles from San Diego just took a lot out of me because there was a lot of different life things going on. And so I had to pause it for a little bit. But I'm going to bring it back um, probably in January okay. and uh, come back with a lot more content. Okay. I remember last time we talked, that's what you were working on. So I wanted to make sure I brought that up. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Sanctuary of the Clans. When it comes out again, it's Sanctuary of the Clans. Okay. And then I also want to mention what we're talking about next week. So next week's episode is going to be Zelda 2 Link's Adventure for NES. I'm going to make myself uh, finally play that game for the first time. Yeah, it's a great game. I'll be playing with Rewind, so I'll be able to fix any mistakes. So it <laughs> should be interesting. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. I, I Because of the way I, I play every game with any any you know, quality of life I can get, whether it be save states, whether it be rewind from switch or however I play it, the, the easiest way I can play it to enjoy it. Right. So definitely play it that way. <laughs> and then I also do want to mention, I want to give a shout out to my awesome buddy that, that started, that did the MCU stuff with me. He also started his own podcast, a gamer looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. You see a link in the show notes to his podcast. And I want to thank Helena for our new intro and outro. You can find her at TikTok at hell half fury. If you like our music. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We're only audio, but we are on YouTube if you want to hear, rather listen to your podcast on, on YouTube, because people do. And you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're on all different platforms. And the last thing I do want to say is we have a Patreon now. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our Patreon poll. It's, we have a Christmas movie poll going on. You can decide what Christmas movie we're going to cover. For as little as a dollar, you can go see our Patreon site. You will see a link in the show notes and go vote and choose what we're going to be covering. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. And again, thank you again for coming on, Dan, for Dan, for this one. Appreciate it, Michael. Great talking to you. All right, we'll see everybody next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.